Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It's just a matter of what the text is talking about. And so he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know friendship with the world is enmity with God? So adulterers and adulteresses have all kinds of different connotations, wouldn't you say? There's unfaithfulness. There's impurity. There's violating a a commitment to marriage. So their worldliness was seen as a type of adultery. Was seen as a type of adultery. And, And if you think about it, you can go all the way back in the Old Testament and you can see that as an example. Right? Even the Old Testament talks about it. When they would turn away from God, that was seen as adultery. Right? But now, because of Jesus' sacrifice, they are now considered the bride of Christ. Right? If you're a Christian, then you are a part of the body of Christ, which is considered the bride of Christ. Right? It's kind of a metaphor. And so Pastor James was urging, uh, was using this descriptive to tell us that, that because of their love of the world, they were being unfaithful to their spouse, who is Christ. Okay? Therefore, they are committing adultery like in a husband and wife relationship. That's some heavy stuff. Because we don't think of it that way. When we, we, we tend to lean or tend to go in, a, in, a, in an unworldly, in, in, in worldly passions and worldly things. We don't look like at it from this, this fact of being, being adulterous or, adult, or committing adultery. In fact, we just think, well, hey, no big deal. I'll just kind of get, get it right with the Lord in a minute, right? But right now, this just feels good. This just feels right. This is what, what my flesh wants. And so just like in a marriage, right, when, when, when adultery or things like that happens, when one cheats on another, the Holy Spirit feels hurt and, uh, and grief by the violation, when we as a church give our affections towards the world. We don't think about that, do we? He feels the same hurt. He feels the same grief that in a marriage covenant relationship, when one cheats on the other, man, they don't just go, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Do they? No. It rips everything inside of that person. Because they, they experience all of that. Well, it's the same principle for us when it really, we don't understand that, but hopefully we will today, that when we give our affections and we give our heart to things of the world, man, we are, we are actually creating the same feelings inside of the Holy Spirit. Because he loves you. Because we are the bride of Christ. And our spouse is Jesus, right? And so here we are. We have to understand that, you know what? We've got to be able to get to the point where we say, you know what? I can't be friends with the world and with God. 
James 4, 4 says, again, and then it's, I'm sorry, it says, do you not know that friendship, okay, this word friendship is, um, is not like um, the agape love, but it's phileo love, okay, which basically means this idea of fondness or relational love. It says, with the world is enmity with God. How, whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So, Pastor James in this verse is highlight, highlighting that Christians who have developed a, a fondness or um, something or to, to something or someone that causes their um, attention, uh, moves their priority into that very thing, that their energy into it, then you know what? They are walking in and, and giving their life to something that, the Holy, that grieves the Holy Spirit, that has the Holy Spirit like totally bummed and just feeling it. And so we, we have to understand that we can't prioritize and be preoccupied and give all our time and devotion and love to the world. You think about when you, when you first started dating um, your wife or, or maybe you're dating right now or whatever the first time, you know, that's all you think about, right? I mean, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, yes, this is great. I finally found someone who likes me. No, I'm just, not, just kidding. But at least that's how I felt with Heather. Anyways, um, <laughs> And so you, you're like, oh my, I'm giving all of my attention. You're thinking about them. You're, you've got all this stuff. Well, the, 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 the situation is, is that each one of us need to be able to be able to lock in and say, okay, that's great, but that cannot be the priority over my relationship with God. That can't be my priority over living out my, my Christian life in front of the world. I, 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 I don't want to blend in. Now, the thing is, he's not saying that, you know what, you can't stop engaging in your culture and your world. He's not saying that. He's not saying that you can't have unsaved people in your life as well. But if you're a believer of Jesus, you shouldn't have an affection, an attachment, or a love for the world. Right? That causes you to blend in and be shaped by the world. Because oftentimes, like James was telling those people in, 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 at his church, hey, you come to church, you worship, you, 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 you do the, all the right things, you, you give the appearance of all the right things, but when it comes to your everyday living, you look so much like the world, that's not right. And the Holy Spirit recognizes that. And the Holy Spirit sees it. And the Holy Spirit is, 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 is grieved. The Holy Spirit is saddened. He, he, he wants so much more. You know, it's like that, what, uh, Romans chapter 2, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't be conformed. Don't blend in to look, right? If I had, if I had a little piece of Play-Doh that looked like the world, and I took another piece of Play-Doh that, that was like a, a, a person, what that means is I would just kind of Put it into the world, and next thing you know, you couldn't even tell that person was there anymore. But see, we blend into the world sometimes because we don't want to be either um, you know, cast off, we don't want to be canceled, we don't want to have people think anything less of us. But see, those are the moments that when we are supposed to arise and say, this is how I live my life, 
because of what God is doing in my heart, doing in my life. The Holy Spirit is active and He's living inside of me. But see, when we don't do that, when we look like we are part of the world, then we have this kind of improper relationship going on. And then James goes on to say, hey, when you do that, then you're at intimacy or you're an enemy of God. Never thought of it that way. Have you? When we give in to those things that make us look like the world, do what the world does, that is not something that is separated because of who Christ is in our life, then actually we become an enemy of God. So, wrongly placed affections then are the enemy of the Holy Spirit. Wrongly placed affections are the enemy of the Holy Spirit. Because, why? Because they threaten the relationship with you, the believer. When your affections are on something else all the time, when your affections take you away from your relationship with Jesus, when your affections take you away from maybe even coming to the house of God on a Sunday morning or some kind of fellowship within the body, when your affections take you away from that. So James is telling us that if you choose warmth and friendship with the world, right? That means just basically a life separated from God and his ways. Then this will put you in direct opposition to God. It'll put you right in opposition. Like God's going this way, you're going that way. But, but you know, sometimes we think, well, God's such a God of grace. He'll, he'll forgive me if I come back. Well, no, he doesn't even want you to go that direction. He wants you to be going this direction straight all the time with him. And really, if, if we look at it, that, that, that should be something that we would look at and say, man, you know what? That's, that's kind of obvious in the moment. Yeah, we get it. That means, you know what? Um, I don't want to be that way. But see, we have to recognize that, you know, even Scripture tells us that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. Are there little things in each of our lives that sometimes cause us not to have our passion towards God. You know, um, I, man, I, I'm a big sports guy. I love sports. I remember just at times getting up and the first thing in the morning was, man, I got to go watch Sports Center, right? I'm going to spend any time with God. I'm going to go watch Sports Center, right? And, 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 and finally, at some point, the Lord started dealing with me on that. Hey, wait, 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 why, why is Sports Center so important when you could spend some time with me? But man, it was just like that. That was my, my thought process. But see, that, that's a little fox that spoils the vine. It could be something else in your life that the Holy Spirit would show to you that says, hey, this is out of alignment. You've got a little bit too much of a heart for this when I, I want you to have a heart for me. And so we have to be able to, to, um, to, be able to look at that. Romans 8.31 declares this. If God be for us, who can be against us, right? But by the same token, if God is against us, then who could be for us, right? 
And so when we, we give our affection towards something else, then you know that turns God against us. Now, he's not a God with lightning bolts coming down and, and killing us or shooting them at us. But man, it, it, it's like, hey, I can't do what I want to do in your life if you're allowing those things to happen. Even in Matthew chapter 6, he says you can't serve two masters. And then James goes on to say in verse 5, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, okay, the spirit who dwells in us yearns. That means an intense desire. Not all intense desires are bad, right? Because we can think, oh, an intense desire, that could be a really bad thing. No, for the Holy Spirit, that is not bad. He has this intense desire. He craves to be at the center of your life. Remember, he's all part of the, the, the Godhead. It says he says, he, 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 the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Now, the idea of jealously describes a husband who has just discovered that another man has been pursuing his wife. And in that, he takes it very personal and he takes immediate action to resolve what's going on. And he'll, he does whatever. Even in his envy and anger and rage and all of that, he is moving in a direction in order to make sure that that is corrected. And so I, I have down here one scholar. I think it is going to be on the board, uh, on the TV right here. One scholar said it this way. He expanded James chapter 4, verse 5 this way. He said, the Holy Spirit takes it very personally when we share our lives with the world. He wants us so entirely for himself that if the world tries to take us away, it infuriates him. You need to know that in these cases, the Holy Spirit will not idly sit by and watch it, watch it happen. He'll do something to change the situation. I don't know if you've ever had a, 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 that experience where you've had a check inside of you when you're, you're uh, all of a sudden in, in a situation that you know you're not supposed to be. Or in the situation that, that, that you walk into and you're kind of like, uh, and all of a sudden this check comes up inside, this red flag. I was telling our connect group, I, I heard one pastor call it the, the rumble strip on the road, right? When you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you hit that rumble strip, that's telling you something. You're going off the road. You're going the wrong way. Well, the Holy Spirit acts that way, like the rumble strip. And all of a sudden you'd be cruising and you're go thinking you're going the right, and all of a sudden it's all, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I got to get back over. That's usually when my wife yells at me and goes, what are you doing? Don't you know how to drive? But the whole Holy Spirit is like that. And, and that's what this verse is trying to get across. He's, the, the, he's trying to get across the fact that, you know what, when you get yourself into situations, there will be checks, there will be warning signs, there will be all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you about, will begin to share with you about. But see, it, it does no good unless you don't listen. Right? You know, that, that's like telling your kids, hey, don't touch the stove when the burner's on. And they don't listen. Ah, right? And we're like, why didn't you listen to me? I don't know. Right? Can, can you imagine that dialogue sometimes with the Holy Spirit and us? I gave you every indication, man. I put that rumble strip there, man. I was making you bounce. Yeah, you decided to keep on going off the side of the road, and now you found yourself in a ditch. And so we've got to be able to understand that we, we, the Holy Spirit is after us. 
And when we deviate, when we give our affection, we give our attention, the Holy Spirit is very much willing, has a passion. Say the word passion. Passion. Has a passion for you to come after you. James chapter uh, 4, verse 6, right? So how do we kind of change some of that uh, stuff? It says this, but he gives more grace. Say amen to that. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So in his jealousy, the Holy Spirit is determined to see his beloved refocused in in his or her affection towards him, towards where it ought to be. And we've got we've to understand he loves you so much. But I love the fact that he gives grace. He gives us grace, something we don't deserve. He, he gives it to us. But he's willing to confront the believer with whatever or whoever is trying to steal them away in order to get them back. Again, think of the rumble strip. But see, that's an act of grace right there because he doesn't have to come after you. He could say, well, man, you know, I'm sure there's times probably the Holy Spirit thought, man, give up on Pastor Scott. Give up on that dude. That guy just will not listen and not, you know, whatever, especially when I was younger, right? I, I mean, you look back and you think, man, it was by the grace of God that I'm even in this position right now, that I'm even alive. But It's because of that grace that the Holy Spirit gives us. He doesn't have to come after us. But because he's part of the Godhead and there's this grace that is involved that that we're receiving something we don't deserve to get, the Holy Spirit gives that to us. And he goes in and he he begins to, to do whatever he needs to do because he loves us in order to get us to the point where we understand we need to refocus our attention. We, we can't be friends with the world. Not saying you give up TV. I'm not saying you give up things. But you know what? I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you on that. Because that's not my job. Whatever those little things are. The little foxes. If there's a big thing, then man, I would tell you right now, get, get move that thing right now. Right? Get rid of it. But even those little tiny things, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit knows you know Right? I don't have to be you know, a prophet or anybody that says, hey, I, you know. No, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, hey, I want you to shift this. I want you to get rid of this. I want you to kind of make, make some adjustments here. Right? And I mean, you know, some of it could be the fact that, I mean, who doesn't like TV? But he might say, hey, I want you to maybe fast or get rid of an hour of your TV time and spend it with me because you just love it so much. And your attention's on that, right? Like, you know, for my wife and I, um, Tuesday night is our FBI night. We're, we're totally into those FBI things, right? And so you got, you got FBI, and then you, I think it's in New York or whatever, and then you got FBI uh, International, and then you got FBI Most Wanted. That's usually where you find Heather and I on a Tuesday night. We're so exciting. We're such exciting people. But, but there might be something where the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to give up one of those shows. 
No, right? But he might say, hey, I want you to just spend a little more time with me. Create, create something that, that gives me an opportunity to do that. And so he operates in this grace, and, and he'll confront you, right? And, and really, you know, when, if you're confronted with it, you know, tough love is kind of hard sometimes, but it's intentional. Tough love is intentional. And so here the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He, he, he'll give us um, these, these opportunities, right? And, um, and let's look at our three. We're going to look at three restorative promises in this grace found in, in the next few verses. And, and restoration promise number one is the Holy Spirit will cause the enemy to flee from you. The Holy Spirit will cause the enemy to flee from you. And that's in James 4, 7. It says, therefore, submit, okay, to place oneself under authority to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So here, Pastor James kind of, man, he's given his readers, he's given his congregation members a two-sided coin, if you will. Okay? He said one side tells us that we are to turn to God. And the other tells us what to turn from. The devil, the enemy. And his influence in this ungodly world that we live in. But it is our responsibility, because that's what James says. He says, submit to God. God is not the one who submits to us. Newsflash. Quote it. Tweet it. God's not the one that submits to us. He never will. But see, James is saying, guys, guys, in order to get this understanding of the Holy Spirit wanting to work in your life and having this restorative um, plan in your life, one of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to submit to God. God's not going to submit to you, but he wants you to say, yes, you are God, you are Lord, and I am putting myself and submitting myself under you. And the reason why James wrote it that way is because the, the strength to resist the devil is based on your submission to God. That, that's how you resist the devil, is your submission to God. If you are like, man, I, man, I, start looking at yourself first before you just start saying, I resist the devil all over the place. And say, am I really in submission to God right now? Have I really been living according to the way he wants me to? Is the Holy Spirit really speaking to me and I've got my, my life in alignment with God? But see, that, that's it. And so in that submission, then you know what? Basically what you're doing, you're submitting yourself to God's word and you're submitting yourself to the lordship of the Holy Spirit and you're obeying the Holy Spirit. You're following the direction of the Holy Spirit. And when we combine those two together, we can resist, right? Stand in opposition in the same power. Listen to this. In the same power and authority that Jesus had in the wilderness. How did Jesus have power and authority over the enemy? One, he was submitted to God. Two, he had the word of God. Right? So when you're submitted and you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, how did he get to the wilderness? The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit led him there. So when we're led by the Holy Spirit, 
When we have the Word of God, then we have the, the strength and the power to resist the devil. And then we know in the wilderness what happened. The devil fleed. He hightailed it out of there. The next restoration promise is the Holy Spirit will work with you to close the gap by moving towards you. So he's, he, when, when we are at um, friendship with the world in, 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 in our lives way too much, the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, hey, work, I'm going to work on this. You've got to submit yourself. Then, you know what, Let the, you can resist the devil. Because, you know what, the Holy Spirit was backing him. And so when you, when you resist the devil, you'll have the Holy Spirit backing you. And then the Holy Spirit is working to, 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 to close the gap by moving towards you. Now, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, that, that's where I think you get the frustration from them and a little bit of, of angst. So, the believers in, in Pastor James' congregation then have been drawn away from the Lord by their preoccupation with their friendship, friendship with the world. Which I think, you know, sometimes if we're truthful, we can look at it and say, yeah, I could fall into that category. So all James was saying is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, right? Or, or even say, hey, come to your senses. Come back with humility and with a humble heart. And in your humility, God will give you grace and draw closer to you. Right? But we've got to have humility. We've got to be able to come to him in truth and say, man, I, I, yeah, I've got an area. I've messed up. I, I, man, I, I, I do love the, these things of the world a little bit more than I should. Will you help me? I, I mean, I'm going to submit them to you. I'm going to humbly just put myself in, in submission to say, okay, help me to navigate this. And, and I love the fact that we put it that way, where the Holy Spirit comes. And he, he, he's like, man, I'm right there. I'm so right there. And, and in, in, in looking at this, a, a great picture of this is the story of the prodigal son and his return home. Right? Because it was the son's decision to return home. It wasn't his dad going out and getting his, one of his you know, henchmen or whatever you want to call it and saying, hey, you're coming with me. You're coming home now. Nope. It was the son who recognized with humility, I must go back to my dad. I can eat, even eat better if I'm, I'm in my dad's presence. And so he, he goes, and when he comes close to being within view, what happens? His father sees him. And what does his father do? Cross his arms and say, oh, look. No. He went running to him. He went and closed the gap. See, that, that, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what Jesus does. When we get sidetracked, when we don't pay attention to the, the rumble strip, and we get off course, when we come back in humility... Man, the Holy Spirit comes and closes that gap, right? He draws, right? The son drew near to the father and the father drew near to the son. You see the correlation? Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And then what happened? When, they, when he came there with a humble heart, he repented. The son repented. 
which I, you know, then I correlate with what James just said. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So in the process of drawing near, we are to cleanse ourselves from the defilement of our sin, from the defilement of our preoccupations and our distractions with the things of the world. And not just think, well, hey, I can get away with it. I can get by with it. No big deal. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says. This is the message version. It says, let's make a clean break or cleanse, free yourself up, with everything that defiles or distracts us. Both within, so that's what's going on in your heart, okay? Stuff that no one can see. And without, right? That's the stuff we are doing on the outside, how we're living according to the way the world lives, the obvious stuff. So again, he says, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. So begin listening to the Holy Spirit. Right? Let him put a spotlight on those areas of defilement or those preoccupations or, or your friendship with the world. And then repent. Repent of it. Display the true fruit of repentance. Because you can say, oh, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then 10 minutes later, you can be doing back the same thing. But see, fruit, true fruit of repentance means you are actually going the other way. You are doing everything in your power. You might slip up occasionally, maybe. Hopefully not. But you're doing everything in your power to go the opposite direction. And when you make that decision, right, when you do that in humility, the Holy Spirit will move closer to us, closing the gap, and become everything that you need. Everything that we need, He will. And the final restoration process is the Holy Spirit will raise the believer back to the full measure of blessing and favor. James chapter 4, verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So Pastor James shares that when we are restored back to fellowship, right, back to a closeness, and there's no longer this gap between us and the Holy Spirit, between us and Jesus, between us and, the, and God, the Father. And we stay in this attitude of humility, which is only something we can do. He's going to lift us up. He's going to lift us up. And this phrase, he, he will lift up, is actually a single Greek word, hip, hypso, which metaphorically means to be raised up to the summit of dignity, blessing, and happiness. And figuratively, it refers to a believer being brought into all of the blessing, blessings of salvation that salvation gives to us. But what I love about that, and, and going back to our prodigal son story, what happened when he came back? The dad gave him the robe, right? Put the ring on his finger. He brought blessing back into the son's life. He brought, brought, brought all that, that the dad had, 
was brought back into the son's life. Same principle applies, I believe. When we recognize and realize, hey, yeah, I'm a little too friendly with the world. I got a little bit too much of an, an affection for the things of the world. And when we come back with humility and, and the Holy Spirit begins to restore some things in our life, one of the things I love about this is the fact that, you know what? He'll put the ring back on your finger. He'll put the robe back on you and say, all that God has is still yours. It's still yours. All you had to do was come back. All you had to do was repent. All you had to do was just make the changes necessary that I've been asking because I have such a passion and a love for you that the Holy Spirit is wanting to draw you back to the Father, draw you back to Jesus. And if he's got to make those, those rumble strips bigger than ever, he will. All because he has a passion for you. So putting it all together, whenever we submit to the Holy Spirit's lordship, right, putting our fleshly desires, our fleshly opinions and perspectives far below the level of his lordship and his righteous rule, he immediately responds in love. And he'll elevate us with mercy and grace into a place of his divine favor and blessings. Praise the Lord for that, right? So let's wrap it up. Let's kind of get this closes off. So to wrap it all up, the Holy Spirit is intensely passionate about being the center of your lives. His passion committed, uh, he is passionately committed to develop an intimate relationship with every believer. Do you believe that? Nothing you have done could cause him to ever walk away from you. He takes it personally when we prioritize other things or people consistently over him, which really actually dishonors him. But in his love for us, he has established a progression for us to get back to him. If and when you submit to God, the Holy Spirit will come and close the gap and lift you back up with blessing and favor of God that he's always intended for you. But think about that like the the prodigal son. He wants to slide that ring back on you. He wants to put that robe back on you and say, man, this, this is about me and you. It's about intimacy. It's about connection. But, but we have to understand and be open. Please hear me when I say this. Open to asking the Holy Spirit, where have I possibly prioritized or given place to things of this world where that friendship scripture points to me? That, that, that's the crux of it. Right? If we don't do that, and man, yeah, Pastor Scott just preached the message and then we're out of here. But see, if we, we honestly look at it and really, you know, just say, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah, I think you're speaking to me. And, and if, if that's the case, then um, I'm going to, I, I want to do something just a hair different uh, before Pastor Chris comes up and prays us out of here. But I want to I give you two minutes. I know it seems like a long time. But right where you sit, I want you to make make this an altar. 
And I want you to, to honestly, and if you don't want to, that's fine, up to you. But I want you to honestly ask the Lord. You can do it in your mind or just real softly. Holy Spirit, where have I missed it? Where have I become a friend of the world and not had my friendship with you at a, at a greater level? And then if he shares something with you, then what did he say to do? Repent. Say, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, okay, I'm going to work on that. And then, again, as the Bible says, he'll draw closer to you. He'll work with you. He'll coach you. He'll love on you. He'll, he'll just, you know, be like that dad. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you two minutes. Hopefully it's going to be two minutes because um, I'm not going to be counting two minutes in my head. But, but I want you to, to, to just make an altar where you're at right now. And just, just talk to the Lord. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.